and welcome to episode 394 of Outlandish Podcast. I'm your host, Matt. With me, I have Justin. I will dismember you. No, no, no. <laughs> no, 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 no. Are you the cat? The internet cat now? No, 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 no. Uh, but uh, no Jeremy. Jeremy's uh, off on a business trip, I guess, I assume. Um, so. Oh. Yeah, maybe. That seems uh, right. Anyways, uh, what's what's up? What's happening? What's going on? Uh, I saw I saw Deadpool too, so we can talk about that if you wanted to. Oh, okay, yeah. Let's let's. Wow, it feels yeah, it was bad. old almost. I mean, it's not oh, bad. you didn't like it? Oh, I mean, like like we said, this is like just the second viewing mm-hmm. of Deadpool one. Uh, yeah, and it was just like. It, okay, it felt so a gonna, lot like a second viewing of Deadpool one. Yes, and uh, like you said, Domino is probably like the best character. Yeah, so you liked her too, huh? Yeah, so I could like watch an, a movie about her. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> I just want to see her stumble through the world. Yeah, like her getting her ability and then like yeah. what she does with it. Yeah, it's fresh and it's fun to watch, and I like how. I almost want to say lazy she is like she she doesn't basically she doesn't move like she's tense at all about anything because of course yeah. why would she be <laughs> and that's, well, that's fitting. I mean you gotta you gotta wonder like how her ability like how do you recognize that that's a mutant ability you know like I mean mm-hmm. otherwise it just seems coincidental right like I mean like Something seriously right, like, like something's clearly going on because she's ridiculously lucky. But yeah, I don't know. Like maybe Charles Xavier. Well, I don't know. She's on her own, right? Yeah. I don't know. So, I mean, like you just have to have like really bad shit always happen to you, but always come out. Okay. Yeah. For you to go, you know what? I think I'm just lucky. I think <laughs> I'm a mutant. Like, I mean, it's no distinguishing features or anything. Like you're right. not going to see luck on somebody. Well, and to be fair, I don't know that they ever call her a mutant. Uh, she says, uh, "My my superpower is luck." She just calls it a superpower. Yeah, like that's not a superpower. Yeah, it is. And uh, yeah, and uh, I mean, I, I definitely think that part of the movie pretty much uh, spoilers, of course, um, pretty much the heist it's not a heist really right um but that rescue. whole sequence or rescue or breakout or whatever is like the best part of the movie because they do this i and they completely had me fooled because i knew uh terry cruz was in it and i was like yeah terry cruz i like terry cruz a lot he's hell yeah he should be in the x-force and you know i didn't really recognize any of the other actors um well, the 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 random human, whatever that guy's name was, Steve or whatever. Yeah. I think he's a Rob Delaney. I think he's like a a, a comic or actor or something. Twitter personality. Yeah, I think Brad Pitt cameoed right there, right? Yeah, or like Brad Pitt's photoshopped face, kind of more like you know what I mean? Yeah. It it so was, quickly, like, hey, is that? Yeah. I mean, it was it was it was kind of funny. It was funny. But yeah, that whole sequence where they're just like, yeah, we, and they really like, they really foreshadow, you know, people come saying like, there's a high wind warning, uh, you know, it's probably a bad time to jump out of an airplane, but you're just like, oh, whatever movie. And then they jump out and just a hilarious string of events happens and they just wipe out 
all these characters they just introduced except for and, and it's a great sequence too because it all works to highlight um zazie beats domino character i love her name zazie beats um do, it all highlights domino's ability because she just you know she's the one that lands safely uh, while everybody else is getting thrown around and in fact she avoids a whole bunch of things to take over the the trailer sequence and juggernaut kind of cool to see juggernaut again um i like when he juggernaut, rips. juggernaut in the juggernaut sense that we should see him you know yeah, i don't remember what he looked like in the third x-men movie was well, he not he, as big that was the one where he actually said i'm juggernaut bitch right right yeah he 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 looked more he looked like, like he did in this movie he looked yeah, he more looked like more, go ahead uh he looked more like that he-man guy yeah he totally does <laughs> Like he totally does. Yeah, yeah. So he, I mean, he was he some wrestler guy, Vinny Jones. Um, yeah, just some big mountain looking guy in a in a in a, in a goofy helmet. And in this time, they were like, "Ah, eh, fuck it, we'll just see CG him." And he looks like, yeah, he looks like fucking Juggernaut. I mean, yeah, and they did like tons of references and stuff like that to. Uh, we talked about, oh, your brother's trying to get in your head, so that's why you're with a helmet. Uh, yeah, blah, blah, blah. Like, I like, I did like all the comic book references and stuff like that that tried to stay true to that. Right. Like, it didn't go off script when it came to, like, referencing stuff. Um, right. But, yeah. I didn't know what, what, I didn't know who was going to make an appearance out of that, honestly. So I was really surprised to see Juggernaut. Yeah. I thought it was going to be the blob. Um, because the blob is really big too. And he is a classic X-Men character from my perspective, because he was in the early nineties TV show quite a few times and he's not been in the movies before. And the, the little kid Wolverine. was he? Yeah. Oh shit. Really? Yeah. He was, uh, the Wolverine uh, origins, like the shitty Wolverine movie or yeah, the origins. Because he was a uh, he was one of the guys that was originally with Wolverine when he was like part of that shitty X Force or whatever. Oh, you know, that's uh, I cannot believe. Well, then, I can believe that I forgot him actually. Yeah, and then he visits him again. He's like boxing or something. And he's like big guy or something. Yeah, I recognize all of this now because it was uh, it's that guy that always plays assholes. He played in Resident Evil, one of the yep. Resident Evils. He's one of the military. He's the lead military guy in Lost. Oh, that, yeah. Uh, yeah, I totally. Yeah, all right, never mind. Damn. Well, if he hadn't been in that movie, it would have been a perfect opportunity for the blob. <laughs> uh, but yeah, having knowing that now, I'm glad. It, and it also would have been really funny because <laughs> they could have done, you know, one of those classic Deadpool fourth wall things. Like, hey, don't I know you? I don't know. They'd do something else. Yeah. But uh, yeah. But all in all. Yeah, I, I, oh man, I just, I don't know what I expected. I can't think of how they could have made it better, yeah. uh, except to have not done so many retreads of humor that they did in the first movie. Yeah. Um, and I don't know, I guess I'm just not as prone to that kind of meta humor anymore. Like the credits, there's, there's a post credit sequence. And one could argue that it's one of the most brilliant post post credit sequences that's ever been in a movie. Um, 
for some reason, it just felt like it's like when you're watching something that is clearly fan service, uh-huh. not in a satisfying story way, but in a ah, let's just give the fans what they want kind of way. Like that's not usually very satisfying. Uh, so I don't know. I don't know. I know one guy laughed his ass off. Oh yeah, during that that post credits. Yeah, people were howling watching that. So it's it's the right kind of humor for certain people. Yeah. Um, I would totally be into an X Force movie. The problem at this point is I would like to see an X Force movie where Deadpool is just one of the characters. Right. It's not from his perspective. Right. And and the problem is that Deadpool is what's so popular. Like it, one could argue, it's the most popular. Um, or money-making character that Fox has right now, what with the last X-Men movie sucking balls um, and people presumably getting tired of the X-Men movies. So I don't see an X-Force movie coming around where he's just one of the characters. Uh, but if they were to make... Because like Deadpool, he he he's more palatable as a comic foil, not as the main character, for me anyway. At least at this point. He's kind of overstayed his welcome. He's, he's he, that joke has been played out very quickly. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. Did you see Solo? Yeah, With- we went and saw Solo yesterday. Oh. Okay, it was a uh, it it was it's uh, it's hard for me to talk about it mm. and not spoil stuff because of my displeasure with it. Mm. Like, yeah, I mean it. I like I liked how they portray I like the solo character in this movie. Yeah, you you like Han Solo. Yeah. But I I don't I don't like how they wrote Han Solo. Like how they the, like the actual plot of Han Solo, like what all takes place. Because it, like like with like with most prequels, it's fan service. Mm. You know. It's yeah. tons of like oh so we've made a bunch of these references to this character in the older movies. So we should, you know, do Address all this all stuff, stuff. <laughs> in the that's prequel. Exactly, that's in, in, in the, so th- this is an interesting movie because the critics pretty much not universally, but are, are on the majority negative about the movie, but the fans seem to like it. Pretty much. Yeah. I mean, it's got like a you want an A minus cinema score. And the thing I have seen, one of the biggest complaints or one of the main complaints I've seen is that it doesn't do anything interesting or unique. And it feels like it's basically basically the complaint is what you just said, that it says, hey, fans, remember when Han Solo mentioned this? Well, we put it in the movie and that's yeah. most of the movie. Well, the problem is, is that like it would be better if they showed the the movie would 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 come off better if they put time lapse in it. But the problem is, is that over this one adventure, everything happens. Oh, oh, yeah, that's lame. So it's like okay, in this one is this one adventure of Han Solo, he's gonna do everything. everything he's- Everything yeah, you everything can imagine about Han Solo's history, he's <laughs> yeah, gonna. Which, yeah, he's, and that's what's bad. It's like you know they introduce, oh, this is where Han meets uh, Lando. This is where Han uh, 
and Chewbacca hook up. This is where you know Millennium Falcon. All this, all this shit. The, the Kessel you know, Run. Yeah, the Kessel Run. Every single fucking historical point that you know about Han Solo happens in this in this Avenger, and you're like, no, like you're just like, if if you want to like do a time lapse, I would be much better off if like, okay, here's. You know, on this one mini adventure is when Han meets up with uh, Chewie, and because of because of, and then they go off and do some mini adventures, and then that leads them to this. You know, it just it was like meet Chewie, meet blah blah blah, meet this, do this, and like all of it just wrapped up into one adventure over the course of like a a span of like two days or something. And also, and, Jabba the Hutt, I assume, in there somewhere. Uh, no, see, that's that they didn't do Jabba. What? Oh, okay. Jabba. I guess I should praise them for that because they they clearly had a like if actually if anything if there's if there's one plot lead in detail for the original trilogy it's that Han Solo owes Jabba some shit and he's trying to you know he needs to go take care of that yeah uh, so I mean there's a reference uh, towards the end of a movie about going somewhere mm-mm. but uh, I don't know where Jabba where was Jabba at? I mean, he's always assumed to be on Tatooine. I don't think okay. we've ever seen him yes, anywhere. At the end, they're like, I heard about a job on Tatooine. Oh, okay. So, so he hasn't. Oh, God. Oh, God. So guess... That means they left it open in case it did really well so they can have a job of the Hutt fucking <laughs> Han Solo movie. Yeah. But yeah, like you, what you do when you do that. And it's difficult for me because I haven't seen the movie, so I don't want to try and shit on it yeah. without having seen it. But what it sounds like is Han Solo. I mean, he a lot of what made Han Solo interesting is the mystery and the assumption that he's done a bunch of interesting shit. He's just a slick scoundrel type dude. And he's, you know, got by the skin of his teeth in, 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 in several different ways. And this movie makes it sound more like, Oh, actually everything that makes Han Solo, what Han Solo is happened in this one little adventure. And that makes him less interesting as a character to me. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, like I say, Mm -hmm. I liked it. I, I enjoyed yeah. it, but it's just, it's, 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 it wasn't spaced out well for me to like really be like, oh, it was a good movie because of, you know, the, it just seemed like fanfic. Like, Ooh. somebody mm. tried to tie together all the stories into one story, you know, like, okay, how do we get, how do we get oh, these yeah. references into this movie? And just like, I mean, I don't know. That that's the problem with most prequels though. Like it, it, it especially that are referenced upon stuff. That was what mm-hmm. was so good about I mean, that's what will be I people can easily argue about what's so good about Rogue One is like the only thing that ties in far as I know with all those characters is at the very end when Darth Vader shows up. Mhm. I mean, there's no, like, you don't know of anything of these characters. They're not going to be, like, making references, oh, blah, 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 blah. You know? Right. And also, Rogue One avoids the other problem I have with prequels is when the prequels are about characters that we know are in later movies, then I have no worry whatsoever about their lives. Yeah. Yeah, their livelihood. Uh, and, and then <laughs> and Rogue One says, oh, that's a good point. Let's Kill them all. <laughs> yeah. Which is, uh, I, but yeah. So Han Solo, Solo was, I enjoyed it. I don't think, I mean, 
I mean, it's way better than Last Jedi, obviously, but... Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what John said. I mean... That it's it's certainly better than The Last Jedi. I don't think it would have taken much to be better than Last right, Jedi. Right, right, it's a low bar. I mean... Well, the problem with The Last Jedi, of course, is that, I mean, aside from this... Well, I don't want to, like, jump into a bash on The Last Jedi thing again, but one of the big problems for me is that it didn't feel like an epic uh, Star Wars movie. An epic slash fun Star Wars movie, and it sounds like if there's one thing that it that solo does do is it's fun mm-hmm. it gets an enjoyable sit <laughs> yeah well because mm. you know it's it's you know it's you do get to see the uh interaction between chewbacca and him early right on and being like you know friendly or whatever to each other and like you know palling around or whatever but yeah it, it, it's it, it has its moments um but all in all, I mean, I, I it's like you like you tweeted. It's not really that much to go to the theater for, <laughs> right? It's more to go to the theater to, to be like, yeah, I've seen in my lifetime, I've seen all the Star Wars films in the theater. Mm-hmm. If you want to continue that streak, uh, yeah. But I, I, whenever I whenever I start to think about that kind of you know tradition or streak, I always remember that this is just a corporation that wants to make money. <laughs> and that, that starts to make me feel icky. I don't want to like keep a tradition. I don't want to. I don't like traditions that are based around well, thi- like fictional things that money that corporations want to milk. Capitalism. You don't want right. Yeah, it's made specifically to. Now, see, I mean, it's so hard to judge that, you know, because. Ultimately, you can look at it as a capitalistic thing, but then you don't know if the people behind it also have a self-interest in it. Like they, like you don't know if they're thirty, forty something years old, or and they grew up with Star Wars and they wanted to see it made, so they, you know, they pushed for a solo film. I don't know. I mean, mm-hmm. ultimately, you have to believe yes, it probably is a cash grab because it is Disney and they bought the property and all that, and they want to. Uh, fresh right. it out but well and not only that but uh if you followed the the backstory on this particular movie um the director the the duo directing the directing duo lord and miller were writing this movie and directing it and i think they had done like about half the movie when there was a difference between what they were doing and what um uh, star, you know the, the yeah, yeah, what Disney wanted basically, and you know they were fired or mutual parting of ways, and Ron Howard was brought in to finish it, and they still, you know, kind of squeaked it out. They they could have said this is not working. We have billions of dollars, you know, we're not hurting for money. Yeah, let's table it and see if we can pull together something that's going to be really interesting and good later. If yeah. we want to, or, you know, there, the Blizzard is notorious for, uh, you know, working on ideas, working on ideas, and then saying, you know what, this isn't going to work out. We're just not going to do it. And then, you know, like uh, Starcraft Ghost was, was, a, was a project like that years yeah. ago. But that was Blizzard. I'm curious how Activision Blizzard acts now. Yeah, that's a good question. I, I don't know. I, I think that Activision, I think that Activision understands that blizzard being this kind of impeccable arguably impeccable um company it is valuable to not 
have Blizzard shit anything out or even so come it, close to that. Has it been two years since they've had an original IP? Overwatch was the last thing they did. Oh, yeah. Well, that's that's fairly traditional for them to move slow like that. Yeah. And now that they have all these, you know, they have WoW, they have Overwatch, and they have Hearthstone and Heroes of the Storm. These are all ongoing games as service things that they can work on. They don't have to put out a another game if they don't want to. And I don't know who knows when we'll see another new game. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't expect it anytime soon, even a even a sniff of it. Um, yeah. So like Solo, for example, is exactly the kind of movie I'm more than happy to skip when um like for example well i mean i was looking at matinee prices and they all start around ten dollars around here um even for like morning screenings and if you want to do imax and if you want to get reserved seating that's like 20 bucks at the imax theater i don't you know i don't i don't need to pay that to see to go see it yeah good standard def version of it in uh <laughs> standard def <laughs> i don't know it's just you know i'm more than happy to skip that movie yeah i'll see it when it presumably eventually comes to netflix the last jedi is coming to netflix in in june which surprises me uh greatly but uh so presumably it will be there by christmas i don't know <laughs> Man, I, um, I just could not imagine watching last jedi again like even on netflix yeah. Like, I just have no urge. Like, yeah, it would only be like, it would only be the fight scene. Like, at, towards the, the end of that room? movie. Yeah. I mean, like, I yeah. wouldn't, there's nothing else worth, like, watching again. Yeah. Well, I mean, there is that one dramatic moment towards the end. Um, like, the one, the like, the best scene in the movie. <laughs> the uh the reverse kamikaze thing scene but that's like 15 seconds that i could watch i don't know i kind of want to see it again just because i've only seen it the one time and there's been so much discussion about it i just want to see it one more time you know will i like it a little more with all the time i don't think so i remember a lot about it (laughs) yeah uh i don't know uh but incredibles 2 comes out soon Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i am excited to see that after all this time not completely thrilled by what i've seen yeah about the story but i want to have faith i mean the first uh, story wasn't really that good right i mean oh no i love the first story but i mean like plot wise it wasn't i think i think it was i mean especially especially once the family shows up i like the family dynamic family superhero dynamic i like the kids figuring out their powers and but i mean you have to just imagine that that's that's gonna re- be retreaded here i certainly I mean, hope not i mean okay i don't i don't the well from, it can't yeah. be completely retreaded because it looks like after they I, come and save the day that superheroes are allowed to be superheroes again i didn't get that impression from the trailer mm. i got the impression of superheroes are known again, but they're still a political hot topic. Oh, so it's more like Batman running around yeah, doing more, superhero stuff, but like if the cops show up, they're like, hey, stop! And they have to yeah, run away. It, well, it's more like you're semi-vigilante, but you're more like uh, it's more like 
Civil War-ish. Mm-hmm. Like, you can be a superhero, but you got to be licensed, you know, like government. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I don't know. Um, so, I don't know. We'll see how it plays out. But uh, go see that. And then uh, I think I think Jurassic World 2 comes out before then, doesn't it? I'm not sure. They're right around, like, they're back to back. Yeah. I know that. Uh, and I'll go see that. See, Jurassic World 2, that, that's probably my solo movie. Because I don't expect the story to be very good. I don't expect characters to make intelligent decisions. Um, I... If I can get a movie like the first Jurassic World, yeah, which is going to be hard because the first Jurassic World, like, I don't know, it, it surprised me with some clever ideas and I had fun watching a monster movie. It was a good monster movie. Uh, if this can be a good monster movie, then I'll be like, okay, yep, I had fun. Uh, and I'm, I'm a sucker for dinosaurs. So, you so know, I, I expect know what... the critics to hate it like they hate the first one <laughs> or dislike the first one. I don't know what it is about Jurassic World, but I'm just like, meh. Yeah. Hey, right but, on. I mean, that is that is the honestly, I think that is the proper response to to a sequel to Jurassic World. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm I just really saying do. the first one, Jurassic World, the first one. I'm like, oh. I mean, they're like, I like, I like the overall plot. I guess. I mean, overall, it just seems dumb anyway. I mean, let's be honest. Having a park where giant prehistoric fucking animals are running around just seems dumb. I, I mean, disagree with that. I, I can't imagine that in in their world where it has failed so many times, it is dumb to keep trying. But I mean, we control we control things all the time. Yeah, but I, not I you, billion tons of animal. I mean, I'm just saying, like they're not billion. They're not that big. <laughs> uh, but yeah, but we don't have cages for a dying. I mean, like we're talking about you know. Brachiosauruses and so huge, I mean, like biggest battleships. I mean, no, I mean they're mm, they're not that big. Brachiosaurus like, get pretty big, but they're not that big. Well, they're pretty tall. I mean, they're pretty tall and wide and heavy. Yeah, I mean semis. Then I don't know. Yeah, but, but also bear in mind. And granted, we don't know shit about how Brachiosaurus were, but they're vegetarians. They were basically giant cows. They're not the kind of creatures that are going to, like, go on a rampage, tearing down gates okay. or anything. Yeah, but... And and, it, and all the Jurassic Park the movies, car- it's never those creatures that we're yeah. worried about. It's always yeah. the meat eaters. Always and the T-Rexes. Part. T-Rexes are... I mean, they're big, but they're not much more bigger or more unwieldy than, like, an elephant, an angry elephant. And we have... I guess I should be. If it was to happen in real life, we would need... Way more armored personnel in this in the park, like turret cannons, maybe. basically on top of on top of the walls and shit. Like maybe, I do think that the one thing they have not done or tried yet, like I I I think I do think it's a little. Mm, well, actually, they have done this, but I think it would look more like safaris. So, like, you don't have a lot of elephants. Well, you do have some elephants in zoos, but. Most of the time, you want to see some serious elephants doing elephant things. You're gonna, you're gonna be, you're gonna hire a safari mission. You're gonna go on a little like, you're gonna get in a jeep and you're gonna drive across the safari. And we've all seen those videos where elephants like get mad at jeeps, but we've never seen them like tip one over. Um, so if you assume that we would make 
I don't know, like Humvees, you know, like even tougher safari vehicles, that would make more sense to go out and try and watch a a T-Rex hunt down an animal or something. And I think that would be an interesting thing to explore as opposed to what we see every time, which is let's open a theme park where people are hanging out and trying dino burgers like they're at Disney World. Mm -mm. I don't know. I'd never visit. We'll see. Fuck that. No? Oh, hell yeah. I'd totally visit. I ain't taking... I ain't risking it. It ain't worth the risk to be eaten by some Ah. pterodactyls. Picked up and dropped... Yeah, feet in the air, and then getting get fought over by two different predatory creatures. That's not how I want to go. Speaking of getting fought over by two different predatory creatures in the water, I'm playing Subnautica. Uh huh. Jeremy gifted me with that uh, game. Uh, I've talked about before, you know, being a little worried about playing it because uh, I have bouts of what's apparently called thassalopia, I think, or I think it's a made-up phobia, but basically it's a fear of deep water depths. For me, it manifests as in a pool of, uh, in a body of water, if I cannot see the limits, like where the ground is or where the walls are or whatever, that freaks me out. Um, The void. The void. Oh, Yes. Good way of shudderingly put it. Um, which this game, uh, I don't doubt that those and, and and I've gotten out to deep areas where the surface of the water is very far from the bottom. So when you get to the surface, it's very murky below, and that that's kind of freaky. But all in all, it helps that I mean, for one thing, you're pretty much under the water the whole time. That's that's all there is to explore is underwater areas. And basically, the you're you're in a ship that crash lands on this alien planet and it's this really big ship but you get expand you get shot out uh via a life pod and so you're like far from the big ship which also crashes you can actually see it you, you get out of your life pod that's floating on the surface and you look over in the distance you can see the big ass ship that crashed and if you try to get near it you're overcome with radiation uh and that kind of keeps you from going over there and you start to get radio transmissions and basically you are able to take basic minerals and animal and plant life that you find and go back to your ship and use a fabricator to create things. And it's, that's kind of the loop of the game is to swim around. Uh, you have to watch your oxygen, um, you, you have a limited amount of oxygen, so you can only be underwater for so long before you have to go back to the surface. Uh, you you know you gather things, you come back, you maybe make like I did a, a pair of flippers that makes me swim faster. Awesome. Um, gather some shit, go back. Yay! Now I can make the oxygen tank that goes on my back, and I have more oxygen now. I can go deeper for longer. Uh, oh, now I've finally got the stuff I was looking for to make this little. I think it's called a like a sea skimmer or something like that. I don't know exactly what it's called, but basically it's like just like this little thing that you hold on to the handlebars and it pulls you along at a, at a faster speed than you can swim. Of course it has a battery, so you have to make a battery for it. You know, now the battery's worn out, so you got to make a new battery. Uh, and I, uh, and, and the, the area of the water you're in, it's the land is like right up against your life pod. 
you, you like it's almost as if your life pod like had ai to detect oh the 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 it's very shallow over there i'm gonna have the life pod land directly on top of the like the shallowest part in the ocean because then all around you it just gets deeper and deeper the further out you go uh and so i made my way for far enough out and far enough deep to create finally create my own start create my own uh, habitat area because you eventually make this habitat making gun (laughs) that you kind of just like point and it'll set up your thing. And then you point at it and hold the button down to expend your uh, materials to actually put it together. And then once you've got that set up with a few things like solar energy and whatnot, then you can go into that to have your oxygen refilled, which is really handy because now you've got that, you've got an ability to get oxygen on the bottom of the ocean, as opposed to having to go to the goddamn surface all the time. But that's the loop, as far as I can tell, is to keep upgrading your shit and, so that you can go deeper and further to get new materials that will help you to keep upgrading your shit. Um, and you 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 regularly get these radio distress calls, uh, and they turn out to be from like other life pods or like parts of the ship that broke off that had people in them. Uh, I have yet to find an, a, a single person. I'll get the distress signal. And when I get there, you know, they were attacked by underwater critters <laughs> um, or an ex- or they fucked something up and an explosion went off. Um, it's, it's almost humorous at this point because I don't expect to see another person. But I'm going after these distress signals. And what the distress signals are good for is you also have the scanning device. So when you find another piece of the ship, it'll have like debris fragments around and sometimes it'll be like, Oh, half of this submarine. And so you scan it and it gives you data for like, a, you know, actually the submarine thing that I'm working on, was like in three parts. So every time you find one, it's sort of like a third of what you need to come up with the blueprints so that you can make it. So that's a lot of what that is. Uh, and uh, it, it is pretty freaky. Because you'll be swimming around and then, you know, these underwater alien life forms will uh, come up on you and fuck with your shit. Um, Are you having a good time with it? I'm enjoying it. It's 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 a more laid back game. There's not a you know, it's not like level progression. There's no bosses or anything that I've come across so far. I have not. I've got a knife, but as far as I can tell, it's only good for like cutting things out to take with you. Like, you know, there are certain things that you... A lot of things in the game, you just grab it. Like, acid mushrooms, you just grab them. Uh, but a lot of things, you have to cut at it to get it to loosen, and then you can take it with you. And I, I, it looks like I can make a propulsion cannon at some point. Uh, so I'm, I'm enjoying the exploration of it. The, there, is, there, is, uh, there is fun in seeing how far you can go and seeing what new areas you can come across and what new creatures you can come across. Um... How'd your uh, Octogeddon go? I stopped playing it. Uh, I got to the last boss a couple times. But the the thing with that game is that every time you game over, you have to start the game over again. Uh, and you, you, you're earning these coins each time you play through that you can spend at a shop at the, you know, at the beginning of the game to... Make it make it a little easier for you each time, but still doing it over like I it's just I, I ran through that game over and over and over again to the point where 
I think I went on my uh, Mount St. Helens trip, and uh, when I got back, I had no urge to play it again. Okay. What else? Uh, I went to Mount St. Helens. Okay. I mean, uh, it is. You went pretty far off from me. You didn't really, you went to around it. I mean, <laughs> I was only five miles away. I mean, you can you can summit it if you have climbing gear. If you really want to, uh, you'd be surprised, Matt. There's not a ton of mountains that you can get particularly high on around here without um, really hiking in. Plus, it's it's still I mean, early it in the look, season. I mean, just get to the base of it. It looked like you had to like. Well, the thing is, is that the uh, for one thing, the whole north side of it is a uh, is a protected zone. Yeah, because of the explosion or the eruption that happened in 1980. Basically, scientists are like studying that whole area, and um, it's been thinking. What's that been like? Thirty some years? Come on, man! It's, it's been almost exactly thirty eight years. But it's it's interesting you say that because that's one of the fascinating things about it. Uh, when you get out to where we were, so we were five miles away, and trees were blown down up to nineteen miles away. So the area where we, we were on was just like I mean, it was hilly, but there were no almost no trees except for all the dead ones that had, were blown down and were still there. And it's it's pretty incredible because we're, you know, 38 years later, you still see the devastation because when that thing erupted, there was such a displacement of air that it created that shock wave that moved at like 500 miles an hour and just like just obliterated anything in its path. Um, there's we couldn't see. So there's a big lake that's in front of it. Um, but you couldn't see it from where we were. You have to do a bit of a hike to get over to get a good view of it. But in this lake, there are thousands of dead trees still floating in the lake ever since the day the eruption eruption happened. Because all these trees were just like blasted down into the water. And I don't know. That's that's just really fascinating. Uh, we were we we went all the way out to the Johnston Ridge Observatory in Johnston Ridge is built almost exactly where there was a uh, volcanologist um, uh, uh, study point. It's it's where they were monitoring the volcano when it went off. And I think two or three um, people were killed there pretty much instantly. Um, So that's, that's, that's pretty cool. It's, it's a, it's, I don't know. I mean, it's just really amazing to see. And, you know, you, Five miles away is actually a really good vantage point to view a mountain because the thing about, like, for example, Mount Rainier, every time I see it, I'm usually pretty far away and it just looks still so big and it's just very, like, I don't know, it's 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 staggering um, how big it is from far away. And I remember last summer when I got up effectively on it, like, the closer and more up on it you get, the less impressive it is because you're not able to, like, really take it all in <laughs> Uh, when you're, you know, climbing around on it. Um, so they're, you know, they're, it's not, it's not all it's cracked up to be, to be able to get right up on a mountain. And it certainly a lot of climbing to get up on it. Um, yeah, that, that place is pretty interesting. The Mount St. Helens is actually a fairly, I mean, comparatively common eruptor. They, uh, it technically erupted in 2004, but it just, 
uh, shot a bunch of gas and steam and uh, ash into the into the sky and and a few times in between, but it also erupted like in like big time in the eighteen hundreds a couple times. Um, there are there's an ancient lava flow area to the south that you can walk around on, and it it's just like it's all this rock, but you can tell when it was lava, and there's all these um, holes in the lava that are like five feet deep, which is where trees were that did not get knocked over by the lava the lava just like came around the tree slow enough and then the tree was burnt up but after the lava had cooled so it's just i don't know it's just really fascinating seeing this lava field seeing how deep the um the lava was at the time that it filled in there uh and we did the ape cave or ape caves whatever which is this uh uh ancient lava tube um that is just this like i don't know maybe two mile long tube that goes down at almost a a a gradual but steady and non-erratic decline and uh you just you just walk your way down through an ancient lava tube it's very cool okay um and then I'm rewatching Downton Abbey because when I watched that originally, I'm sure I talked about it years ago on the podcast. Uh, they only had four seasons out since then they finished the series and it's kind of one of those things I've always wanted to go back to, but whenever it's been that long, I need to, I want to rewatch the, the previous season. So I'm, so uh, me and Jennifer are rewatching that. And, uh, and then the last thing I wanted to mention, um, is that, Matt and I and Jennifer are going to PAX West or PAX Prime. I think it's called PAX West now. Isn't that right? That is that is correct. It's called okay. PAX West now. It was originally the only PAX years ago. Uh, of course, Penny Arcade is centered in uh, Seattle. Um, so this will be the first PAX we're going to. Matt has definitely Matt and I well Matt has definitely wanted to go to one for uh a while now. I think we tried to hit the uh, PAX East one a couple times. You tried to go to PAX East last year, didn't you? Or you were going uh, to? I went to or PAX, I was going tabletop? to go to PAX Unplugged. That's right. That's right. But yeah, that uh, I may I may go this year. I've got a tentative off, so November? Yeah. End of November. Hmm. It's the last, mm-hmm. last, uh, right after Thanksgiving, that week after Thanksgiving. So, you excited about PAX West? Sure. Uh, who was yeah. it? Who was it that replied back? You know, it's talking about, you know, it's crowded. Like, I don't, I don't want to, uh, it's, it's going to be so crowded. <laughs> so damn crowded. Like, I mean, it's going to be like, I don't know what the actual, like, <clears throat> uh, capacity is. Like if it's going to be like how much room there's going to be between everything. But Mm -hmm. I mean, what was it? Uh, Was it last year was the 50th anniversary of Gen Con? Yes. Like, I don't know. I mean, if if it's like the exhibit hall all the time. At Gen Con? Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be tight. Gen Con, the Gen Con exhibit hall, I think has notoriously narrow walk areas. I I mean, I'm sure they know better than I would about organizing conventions, but if there's one thing I would want them to change is to figure out e- either 
either they need to split the exhibition hall and figure out how to put more booths into a separate area so that they can have more space. That feels like something they could do now that they appear to be using Lucas Oil Stadium every year, or at least this is the second year they're going to use Lucas Oil Stadium. I, I think that would be a great idea, personally. Because, uh, yes, I agree. The f- fucking... The, mer- the, the merchandise hall is what I think of it as. <laughs> uh, and, and and the other thing about packs, like I, I'm going because I like going to conventions with friends and I suspect that um, Matt and Jennifer and I will do a lot of uh, tabletop gaming. Would you agree with that, Matt? Is that something that you would be? Yeah, I mean, whatever. I mean, pretty much what you'd like what? to do. Whatever. Okay. I mean, I don't know a lot about what you can do at PAX. I know it's video yeah. games. I know that tabletop has been a more recent addition. Yeah, but the video game side of it, like Jennifer, she's into classic games, so she wants to like go and do like the classic game halls, and um, that's cool. I'm I'm down to to do that. Um, but like, like I'm waste. not. I don't know. Well, like, just when I think about tabletop gaming and classic game, like the main thing that I feel like PAX is, is about like seeing the developers talking to them about whatever they're coming out with maybe talking to them about stuff they have come out with over the past year or something but it, it that was always my impression of PAX is that it was about the current generation of gaming and like what's going on but I, I can also see the homage to it and like you know I, I'm sure they'll have from Atari up you know um, but it's just, it, it, it seems like it's an opportunity to meet with and see the showcases that they're, they're putting on to me, almost like a sure. public E3 almost. Yeah. And that's always a way I thought of it. Uh, the funny problem with that is that's something that I don't think any of the three of us are interested in. <laughs> like I would probably be most likely to be interested, but I don't. You know, I'm I'm I have a pretty uh, standard uh, opinion about early games and seeing games before they're ready, or you know, needing wanting to see games early. I don't I just don't have the passion that I used to, and there aren't a lot of games that I'm like, ugh, just dying to know more about. So I and and besides all that, apparently the lines are really long if you want to play a game, a preview or a demo or, or talk to a developer. So that whole scene just doesn't interest me. I mean, I'll, uh, I want, I want to try out all the VR stuff. Yeah. VR stuff. I definitely want to do some VR stuff because I still have not had a chance to do any of that. And that's a good point. That's because Gen Con has had a little bit of VR presence in the past, but I suspect PAX prime has a much larger VR presence. Yeah, it's just, uh, I, I mean, I, I, I'm really, I, I guess I just have a different, like, enthusiasm for being able to talk with developers. Like, it, I, I guess I just hope that I'm able to contribute something or spark something that hasn't been thought of when I talk to a developer or mm. something like that. Like, I'm able to, like, to give an, an opinion that they have may have not encountered before or just have a unique mindset or just to know their audience, you know, like, I don't know. It's just, I always, always like being able to talk with people, uh, that are in the development community. Yeah. Anyways. Well, I hope you get the opportunity to. Yeah. Uh, uh, and, and if, and listeners, if, if you've been to a PAX before and you know what, 
what um you know what to expect and can if you have any uh suggestions especially pax prime if there's something because you know we don't i don't know i don't know much about pax i know there's an omegathon i'm pretty sure they play D D on stage sometimes yeah that that you know there's video games and some tabletops gaming that's about all i know about pax i did put down that i was willing to uh to participate in the omegathon and i have no idea why i clicked that i was not um I regret that. Well, I mean, <laughs> I thought. I mean, when you look at all the shit they play, you're like, I don't even. I'd be a, I'd be the button masher in all these games. Like, I mean, ultimately, that's that's what it is, right? Like, I was like, ah, I'm not going to be particularly good, but yeah. it still would be an experience to get up there and do it. But honestly, it's a total Willy Wonka golden ticket situation. So <laughs> right. nobody, nobody would get. None of us would get picked anyway. I'm gonna get picked. Mark my words. I hope you do. I would be picks. fucking great. I would be so excited if you got picked. <laughs> I would be so excited. What's that? Well, because I'd get to watch you get up there and, and just be fucking be mad horrible. on stage. And be horrible at fucking playing well, games. Just, <laughs> Matt, bear in mind that lots of different people get picked and there are plenty of people that go to PAX. Yeah. Like, I, I think your capacity for picking up a game... And figuring it out is no better or worse than the other gamer. Yeah. It would just be... Well, would, that's not true. If it, there are other people that play a lot more video games that are probably going to oh, be yeah. better than you. Oh, yeah. But yeah. My, my, I mean, maybe you'll get lucky in the first in the first one will be like first-person shooter or something. You should be pretty good at that. <laughs> They're like, all right, the first one up is a, a time-rewinding puzzler. And I'm like, fuck you. Just... <laughs> Fuck you. Because <laughs> I'd be all like, man, what? I get it. I know what I'm supposed to do here, but no, I don't want, no. I just like, <laughs> no. I just, set the, I just set down the remote and I walk off stage. I'm just like, no. I'm t- this is me rewinding time. I'm, I'm getting off the stage. <laughs> I just walk backwards off the stage. Uh, <clears throat> Yeah, I'd be horrible at puzzlers, man. I'd be I'd be absolutely horrible. Like I wouldn't know uh and probably even more so or equally as bad at probably platformers too. Like I mean watching really? watching you play like I just remember you playing like uh N plus or mm. uh, even like Oh N plus that'd be awesome. <laughs> God fuck that. <laughs> I don't want, I just don't, I like, I, cause I know I couldn't like make jumps or like do double jumps or whatever kind of shit I need to do to like get past stuff. I know I would just probably like, my hand eye coordination would not work well. Probably even more so if you had to play like PS4 stuff and you were exclusively to Xbox or something. You know, that's, that's in the, or like if they put in Switch games and they're like, I don't even own a fucking Switch. Like what, what? Like, <laughs> tricky stuff. Yeah. Uh, what was it? I think like their first Omegathon, it was like one of those crane games that they put that in there. Oh, yeah. Where you had to like just try to grab stuffed animal or something out of there or something. I don't remember what it was, but I think they had something like that at one of the Megathons. Give me the... Uh, I'm curious to see what the... Uh... Give me the arcade game where I put in the 50 cents and the chicken spins around and pops out an egg. I can do that one. The final round of the first Omegathon was Pong, oh. because of course. Okay. I could probably do Pong. 
and then the next year was Combat. Then Tetris. Oof, fucking Tetris. Uh, 2007 was a fun one because it was Halo 3 before Halo 3 was out. Oh. I'm pretty sure. So that was like some fucking Super Mario Brothers 3 shit right there. <laughs> warp whistle. I got on the fucking warp whistle. Uh, Excite Bike, Ski Ball. Okay, Ski Ball. Okay. Yes, 20, 2010 was the Omega Claw, okay. which was the crane game. 2011 was the Legend of Zelda. I don't know how that worked. I guess it was like first to complete the first dungeon, maybe. No, they had to play uh, through the entire game. <laughs> first to complete the whole game. Maybe. Uh, 2016 was Super Mario Brothers 3. <laughs> See, that would have been the first so thing. Who I knows? Done. I would have done Super Mario Brothers 3. I like Pong, but I definitely, yeah, would I definitely would have broken out Super Mario Brothers 3 sooner. And I would have gotten... Uh, Fred I Savage. would have fucking done anything to get fucking Fred Savage and, and the girl Jenny Lewis, who is a total indie uh, rock star. Uh, get I would I would have oh shit I would totally get Fred Savage and I would have I would I would coax Jenny Lewis into doing it uh, by allowing her to have her band there and have them like I don't know play the Mario Brothers theme or something or I don't know. <laughs> Whatever, right? Whatever got him up there. Yeah, whatever. I wonder if the kid, I wonder if California kid. California. Well, he was a nobody. They probably went on to do some stuff. <clears throat> he was just a nobody to us. I'm sure he did some stuff. Oh, you got to get uh, the asshole kid with the glove. Got to get him in there, too. Yeah. All right. What? Uh, Luke he, Edwards. Who? Luke Edwards. Luke Edwards. He he did stuff. Yeah. Using Jeepers Creepers 2. Oh, classic. Jeepers Creepers 2. <laughs> All right. What else? Anything else? Anyway. Nah. Nah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be hitting up a lot of conventions this year, I guess. I guess so. Gen Con first, then I'll hit up PAX West, and then I'll hit up PAX Unplugged in November. Man. So I'll be staying with Charles if I go up there. As long as That'd I, be cool. As long as I get a free room and board at places, I'm I'm pretty set budget wise. I think. <laughs> yeah, that's not bad. You just you know pay the price of the convention. You yeah, got you got to pay to eat anyway, and uh, pay pay to pay to fly. Yeah. So. Yeah, because that oh man, the f- I was gonna I was I'm thinking I told Eric that I'm probably gonna fly to Indianapolis. Yeah. Just because it's like it's probably gonna cost me you know hundred bucks for parking when I get up there. So like the cost of gas to drive up there, all that, you know, and then the nine yeah. hours back and forth on the road, it's just like, whatever. I'll just, you know, I'd pay an extra $50 in expense or a hundred dollars in expense to just have the convenience of flying back and forth. So did you, if you guys got your hotel situation figured yeah. out? Yeah, we got that squared away pretty, pretty quickly. Uh, we weren't in the housing portal, uh, <clears throat> We didn't get a hotel downtown. I think Scott maybe has a connection or something like that and was able to figure out something downtown. Okay. We're, oh, downtown. Yeah, we're nice. about four or five blocks, I think, from it. Oh, that's not bad at all. So um, I, I was looking into trying to get access next year to the VIP program, but that is ridiculously costly. Oh, Oh, really? Yeah. It costs $600 to get into that. Ooh, for one person? Yeah. 
and um, but it gets you access to the housing portal a month in advance. Damn. Yeah. Um, but that's just access. Like it doesn't pay for. <laughs> no, it, I mean, it pays for. You know, you get Gen Con ticket, uh, which is the like a hundred bucks or something. You know. Um, well, okay. So you're down yeah. to five hundred cost. Uh, you get right. access to. <clears throat> Uh, a VIP lounge or something like that. You get the one hour jump start on Thursday to get in the exhibit hall first. You know, so you get in there at nine a.m. instead of ten a.m. Um, mm. You get a VIP gift bag thing that comes with. People were saying usually it has like a messenger bag, a T-shirt, and some other promotional stuff that maybe vendors want to give you. So I was like, okay, maybe it's like a hundred. 150 bucks worth, you know, yeah. stuff. So now we're at like 250, maybe depending on how you value the VIP lounge and stuff, like 300, maybe, um, just trying to like, trying to justify that $600. Like, right. How, how, how much is it worth to everybody to get that, early, that, you know, one month access to that housing portal to almost guarantee right. get a downtown room. So, Especially because I feel like any like you you would have your pick of the litter for hotels connected to the convention center, yeah. But all those are so expensive yeah. that you probably wouldn't want to pay, <laughs> yeah. Whatever they would be asking. But anyways, um, but yeah, should be pretty busy. You got anything else to talk about? Nope. <clears throat> all right. Um, I just got a couple of things. Uh. I had a uh, fucked up dream about kids taking over my grandparents' house. So the house my mom currently uh, currently lives at. Like like little kids? Yeah. So, well, they were like teenagers, I guess. I don't know. Like mm. f- probably from 12 to like 16 maybe. I don't know. But I put down yeah. led by a 13 or 16-year-old Bucky. Like basically, he looked like a young the Winter Soldier. Yeah, Winter Soldier. <laughs> like I don't know. Like I would imagine. Hello. Sorry, you had like a it was like a little disconnect there or oh, something. So so the Winter Soldier, Bucky. Yeah. So it'd be like how you would imagine him. Like if you made him younger, but he still had the same hair and scruff. I guess I don't know. Like oh god, he, yeah he he would totally look like a douchey thirteen year old. So like, um, but like. It was weird. Like they took a, did you ever see funny people or funny games or whatever that movie was with Bill Murray? No, no, this had the woman from the ring in it. And it had, it was, it it come out in two different versions. It had a European version. I'm not, I'm not going to remember if it was Swedish Finnish. Uh, Okay. Oh, is it the one where the the kids are wearing masks? Yeah, and they, they there's these two kids. Well, I don't know if they wear masks, but these two kids come into this house, and it has the guy. Okay, yeah. Oh, oh it's got Naomi Watts, the girl from the Ring. It's Naomi Watts, isn't it? Isn't she? Wasn't it she Ring? Yeah, no, you're right. Yeah. I just it's just funny. Like, I mean, I couldn't. I, to me, she she is someone people would know the name of. Like, you wouldn't say like, oh, the girl from the Ring. Well, I mean, I'm off to the top of my head, man. Come on. I don't know the actor. Uh, that's, that's fine. What's the actor's name? He, he's a pretty well-known actor too. The the husband. Um, Tim Roth. Yeah, 
Yeah, Tim Roth. Um, so they're, they're like a family out at this house, like really far off in the, in the woods or something like that. I mean, it's like a cottage. I mean, it's not a cottage, but I mean, I don't know. But anyways, and these two teams. It's a cabin? Is it a, a cabin a, in the woods? No, it's not a cabin in the woods. It's a real house. <laughs> anyways. Okay. And uh, these two kids come in and basically they just fuck with them. Like, they just, mm. they, they, they. Like threaten them to kill them? They, or they take them hostage and everything. They fucking, I mean, it's a, it's a mm. terror. It's like, if you want to watch like a fucking tragedy movie, you go ahead and watch that. Mm. Um, but what was I talking about? Oh, the dream, the dream I had. So it's basically, it basically right. ends up kind of like that where these kids come in and they're just being assholes, like not really like so much as like really terrorizing, but they know they have a position of power of like, hmm. if I was to try to call the cops, they could easily say, you know, that they were victims and that it would be hard for me, me as an adult to argue that I wasn't the one being victimized by kids. You know, like this is what they're claiming. Yeah, this is you know, well, I mean, like they like I'm going to I'm like, I'm going to call the cops and they're like, oh, really, you're going to call the cops and they're going to show up and then we'll just, you know, and I'm like, yeah, it makes perfect sense. Like, how am I supposed to get out? Like, how am I as an adult supposed to argue that kids are like the problem? Like, I don't know, like it, it was like, <laughs> yeah, they could just argue that I kidnapped them or I was like doing bad things to them or some shit like that. And like, then the burden of proof is on me to try to prove that I'm innocent because people immediately latch on to that kind of stuff, you know, because it's a serious thing. Like kids are innocent are innocent, you know, and like we got to protect them and everything. So we immediately latch on and trust that they don't know how to lie and manipulate and all that kind of stuff. So it was like in this dream, I was very stressed out over the fact that these kids had come into the, come into my mom's house or whatever and taking it over. But at this point in my dream, I wasn't, it wasn't like my mom's house. It was like my parents were gone. I was a kid where I was like in my early twenties or something. Hmm. And I had a sister and I was trying to protect her. And so like I trick them into thinking I'm in the back yard or something and they come running out or I, sm- maybe I, s- do something. I set the house on fire or something, make smoke in the house and they run out and my, my sister runs out the front yard and I go to go to get her, but asshole Bucky's there. And like, I end up having to, I end up, I find a, I found a shotgun in, uh, in the shop and I found two, two shells for it. And I was, I found it, and when I go to get my sister, he goes for her, and I end up shooting him in the arm with the shotgun. Then he hmm. grabs her, and then I shoot him again, and I injure his other arm. It was really weird, and and I was just, like, really frustrated at, at the position I was put in because I'm an adult, and these kids had more power over me because I was, cause I was afraid at, like, how I would have to, like, argue for myself and stuff. Huh. So obviously your your dream state was not taking into account the fact that they trespassed into your mom's house. Well, yeah. Well, like I mean, that like, right there is where they're in the yeah, wrong. Yeah, well, I mean, they're in the wrong. I, I know they're in the wrong. The problem is I have to prove right. 
that they're in the wrong. Like I have to like show that they had malicious intent. Like these kids. Well, I mean, kids, they're, they're not allowed to just come into your mom's house like that in and of itself is the proof. Right. Right. They, they came into your house. You know, you didn't want them there. They're being delinquents. If nothing right, but, else. But the problem is, is that when you bring authority into it, what stops the kids from immediately saying that, you know, he, he grabbed me, touched me, whatever, you know, all this kind of stuff. Mm. What stops, what, what it, it, I mean, you realize that in a society today, in that if a kid knew they had, they had the ability to do the things that they, you know, that, 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 that society, what is the, what am I looking for here? That, that, that we as a society. The ability to deceive. Yeah, well, I mean, like, you know, just had malicious intent and knew that their innocence could be, could be used against, against people. I mean, it's, 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 it's. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's not to say that, I don't know. It's like when you read, you know, me and you, I, we've, we've, uh, seen articles or posts about, you know, how like, because like a woman will claim something and then like years later finds out, oh, she was lying about her or something like that. And it's those one off yeah. instances that, that lock into your mind and like, oh, I'm fucking terrified. Mm-hmm. Like, what if that yeah. happens to me? And, and yeah. like, not to say, you know, it's a terrible, you know, and none of us are like, well, we shouldn't take people's word for it. But I mean, it's so, it's such a fucking hard situation. Right. That's, that's what I always say. Like, that's what sucks so bad about rape and rape accusations. Uh, I mean, obviously, aside from the actual act when it does happen, but the, the questions, just yeah. so many questions because the only people that know what happens happened are the two people that were involved if they were involved yeah. which um so i yeah i know exactly i know exactly yeah what there was uh like uh that like you could probably make go ahead well mist uh mist starts off uh that the the series um that came on sci-fi it started off with the main character's daughter going to a party even though her mom didn't want her to go the dad was like yeah you can go and she ends up i think like not being allowed to go and because the parents are fighting over it and everything and then she sneaks out of the house and goes anyways and then sure enough she ends up getting date raped Uh, she doesn't remember it or anything like that because she got drugged or something like that or was really drunk or something like that and um Hmm that that's like a whole understory throughout that season of mist because, you know, at this point, uh, shit goes crazy and people are like trying to hide and everything. And she ends up hiding in a mall with the accuser, with the person that they're accusing had, had raped her. And so there's this whole, like, did he, didn't he like throughout the whole, that whole season of, of mist, um, and I think midway through you find out whether or not he did or did not. Um, but yeah, it's just like you have those, uh, scenarios there of like, you don't, you, you, it's, you, 
and unless there's circumstantial evidence, it's so hard to like believe people either way, because you don't know what's, what, what happened. You're not part, you weren't, you weren't there. So, right. Ugh, horrible, horrible. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I don't know why I'm terrified of kids in that power that they have. I don't know. <laughs> Well, because it's because they seem um, untouchable. Like you're you're making me think that you could make a pretty good horror movie. Well, good son, where good son was a really. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. There you go. They they've done it with yeah. Macaulay Culkin and like, I mean, yeah. Elijah Wood. Um, but yeah, I mean, like if if it, it's, uh, what was it? Um, uh, without I mean, I guess it spoils it, but uh, identity, um. That was in a, a movie. You saw that, right? We saw that. But John, yeah, John Cusack. Wait, Ray Liotta. Ray Liotta, John Cusack, um, uh, Amanda, Pete, mm-hmm. um, a bunch of other characters too. Um, and they're all about it's. It's all like uh, it's all about a subconsciousness and having these multi personal uh, multiple personalities. And um, yeah, you know, and that the. Your kid, kid's a bad kid in that. Uh, it's a twist that I just spoil for everybody that hasn't seen it. Sorry, but yeah. As I was walking down the stairs, I met a man who wasn't there. He wasn't there again today. I wish, I wish he'd go away. Uh, just a, it was a crazy, weird movie. It's a very yeah, yeah good movie yeah. though. Or, I mean, I've only seen it the one time. It's not like I ever really think about that movie much. But I, you mentioned it, and I was like, yeah, it's, it's a good movie. It's a yeah. good little plot. Um, a question I had was who pays the hospital bills if you're in a coma? Hmm. Like who, who, who takes on that burden? Like, hmm. is it like, I think I want to say that in those circumstances, if you have family members that are of legal age, then they go before a court and they request to be appointed as legal guardian for you so that they can manage. And that gives them the power to manage your, affairs and your funds because I mean they're not going to kick you out of the hospital but somebody's getting charged well I'm just curious like what's the state's responsibility you know like I mean if if you don't have anyone to take care of you do they just pull the plug is there like a a certain guideline or law that we have in place it's like all right after we this we deem you know, this much time in a coma, if you're not, you know, without a coma, you know, you, if you need machines or whatever, you're are stated to be dead or what, you know, off life support within this amount of time. I'm just curious, like, do we have laws in place for that, for people that don't have stuff? You know, I mean, if, if we were to go into a coma, um, we wouldn't have health insurance, after a certain amount of time, I imagine. I mean, our employers aren't going to just keep on paying for us to have coverage. I mean, I know there's right. laws in place to say, all right, you have this much time or whatever if you were to. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure. I don't know if there are laws that allow you to be covered if your illness makes it to where you can't work. Yeah. I don't know. Well, I, thought th- I don't know how that works. I'm sure. Yeah, I thought that was FMLA states. or Cobra or one of the two, maybe both. I don't know. Like, well, FMLA says that your employer can't fire you 
for your whatever your disability is. Okay. Uh, but that, but to your point, like you would, you would still have to pay. You still have to pay for yeah. anything that you have to pay for, like your yeah. half of insurance or whatever. I imagine they just. I don't know. I don't know. Shrug. God, God help, God help us, and hopefully That's we true. never have to go through it. Uh, all right, I don't have anything else. Let me double check and see if we got any emails or anything like that. Uh, right. Did you have anything else that we need to mention? Uh, still doing the fancy football thing, possibly. I forgot about that. I, I, John yeah. took charge of that. I uh, if you want to be in a dynasty legacy, whatever we're calling it, league where. You know, we'll just keep playing year after year. You keep the same teams, all that, blah, blah, blah. Do draft picks uh, based on previous year standings, all that kind of stuff. Want to be in one of those leagues and do like a continuous thing uh, with a prize pool, uh, you know, cost of entry. Not sure what it's going to be, but assuming it'll be upwards of 30 or $50 at least probably. Um, That way it, it makes people be more competitive and actually feel like they're going to win something at the end of the year. Um, but if you want to be in a fancy football league like that, make sure you reach out to me at Atlantish Matt or uh, Justin or at Atlantish Beats or uh, John at John McDar uh, or running on E. And I would, I would, What's up? I would, I would put a stipulation on that, that, um, you you really need to be someone we've played with before and preferably multiple times before because it's hard enough doing a one and done standard fantasy football league where we're trying to get people together and then people will flake out yeah. at points well, in the season. Lord knows, I mean, one of my biggest fears with the dynasty league is if someone gets stuck with a kind of shitty team. Um, it's going to be real easy for them to be like, oh, I don't want to play next year. We don't want people. We want people who are in it. Um, I mean, obviously, if you can't continue at some point, then that's that's one thing. But uh, we don't. I mean, if you if you end up with a not so great team, then that's just room for improvement and you know, good draft position the next year. We want people that are interested in being in a dynasty fantasy football league that have played fantasy football for years or multiple times before. I I think I would put a, a stipulation in there and say, if you're a newcomer, maybe you almost put down like a deposit, you know, like maybe double the entry fee to like either oh. compensate for you a yeah. or possibly paying for the person next year to take over your team. You know, damn, that's, that's a, that's yeah, a really so good like, idea, Matt. So like, Everyone puts down a deposit of next year's entry, and if you come back to your team like you're expected or expected to, then then that pays just, for your follow-up entry. You know, like if, if we get two, well, I was just saying it was for like new people. Yeah, and then and then if you specifically, yeah, yeah. So basically, the first year, and then if you and if you pick up your team the next year like you're supposed to then you have paid that for that year's entry and then you're you're considered a trusted player and then if you drop your team or shit out then you've paid for yeah. someone else's entry who would then have to put their own deposit down i guess <laughs> yeah 
it might get a, it may, I, I think it's, I think yeah. it's a good system. I think it's a good idea. Yeah. Whoever. Yeah. So basically if, if the first person flaked out, the second person came in and played and then came back for the third year, they would get that person's original deposit. So, right. Or they would get free entry, whatever you want to look at it or something like that. Uh, right. All right. Uh, if you like to send us an email, you can do so at letter out outlandish podcast.com. Of course, we're always, uh, welcome to listen to how everybody else has ran their fantasy football stuff. I mean, if you know of a better way to do it or you've sure. heard about it or seen it or something like that, just let us know. Uh, we're welcome to listen to every and all ideas. So, uh, just shoot us an email letter at outlandish podcast.com. Uh, you can like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash outlandish podcast. You can also follow us on Twitter at outlandish cast. You can follow me at outlandish Matt. You can follow Justin at outlandish beats. You can follow Jeremy at outlandish Jer. Uh, make sure you, uh, stick around for whenever we're almost close to 400 slowly, but surely by Christmas time, 400. All right. Thanks for this episode 394 and we'll catch you in 395. Bye. Bye. Say, thank you for listening to Outlandish. Thank you, Outlandish. Good enough.